Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, hello, listeners. Hello. Hi, everybody. To another episode of Redeeming Lit Podcast. We're so glad you joined us again. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. We do. Each and every one of you. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I was just going to, I was just going to let everybody know. (laughs) Ha ha, we're virtual today. Hence me and Odette talking over each other just then. Just so you know, that's probably going to happen again. Yeah, virtuals and kid warnings, as or not warnings, kid notes, as usual. Your kids well, you can make it a warning. <laughs> we'll go ahead and call it a warning. Let's do it. Warning. <laughs> kids are present <laughs> and loud. As per usual. And kids be kids, you know? That's the reality of life. And we love them right. for that. And we were all kids one day doing that, so... That's true. That's a good that's a good point and good perspective, honestly. I do so, what I can. The 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 main thing though here that we need to discuss. <laughs> Odette and I both just like pyramided our hands together. <laughs> okay. Get ready. We are not reading today. We did not read the book that we promised you that we were going to read in a previous episode. <laughs> some of us didn't even attempt to read it. That When she says some Remind of us, she means Madeline. Me. Very I didn't even start it. Yeah. Odette and Morgan both started it. None of, nobody finished it. But nobody finished it. Yeah. Um, so who, so we pivoted, as you do, and we're reading a different book. Do we want to make any more elaborations on why we chose to pivot? I think, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think we can. There's nothing that we're hiding about it. We were in the middle of our quirky offbeat um, theme. And I don't know, Morgan, if you want to, because you read the most of, of this particular book that we decided to kind of pivot away from. Yeah. So one of the reasons that, um, at least for me, um, I was reading this on uh, vacation. I was listening to it. And I... Uh, was having just a really hard time. I wasn't jiving with it at all. It was a bit of a slog for me. And I kept telling my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have anything to say about this book on the podcast because I'm just like not, it's not hitting. And he was like, why are you, why are you reading it then? Like what? (laughs) That's silly. Yeah. If it's not hitting or that's, or maybe he might not have said that, but maybe whatever he said, that's how it translated in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, yeah, why are we? Okay. So, but then whenever Odette was saying that she was also having a hard time getting into it and Madeline hadn't quite started it yet. I was like, okay, well, it's only two days. Do we just want to pick something else that maybe we're all more excited about? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if we're more excited about it, we're probably going to have more to talk about. And also, it feels like there have been a couple of times in the last season where we all, and first of all, we're all for stretching ourselves. One of the reasons why we chose the books that we did in this season is we wanted to stretch ourselves. We wanted to try new things. Mm -hmm. But it also, at least for me, has felt like there have been a couple of books that we've chosen this season where all of us, like, really, like, 
pushed to finish finish it. None of us liked it. And none of us had great things to say about it. And I didn't personally, for me, but I think the other girls probably feel this way too. I did, didn't love the idea of having another episode where none of us had anything good to say about something. I was like, I would love it if doesn't we don't all have to gush about it, but maybe if we didn't all absolutely hate the book, like yeah. I would like to not talk about that, you know? Yeah. So we all just decided at the very last minute, two days before recording. Yes, literally. We decided we're like, let's pick something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think collectively when we were texting about this in our group chat, um, we were talking about how one of the reasons that, yes, we did want, want to challenge ourselves, but we also want to enjoy what we're reading. And I think, yes. to be honest, I think it also hit, as Morgan mentioned, we challenged ourselves in, in a lot of ways. We've read so many good books this season, for sure. But there's been a few books that have been a uh, a dredge. No, a trudge. We've been trudging through. Trudge through. Yes. Um, dredge. Dredge is another word, technically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, we uh, actually still, um, I think that we really thought it was important that we enjoy a, the, the book. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it was the nature of the type of book that it was. I also think, to be honest, one thing we need to be careful with ourselves, if we're picking a theme that's totally off the wall for us, knowing, hey, there's a chance that we're not going to love kind of all the components of it. And do we want to commit to that? So also too, it's our podcast. And we know that we told you that we were reading a Viking book, but we're not reading a Viking book. We in fact, we in fact read nothing about Vikings, especially Madeline, because she didn't actually read the book at all. She, I, she literally read nothing about Vikings. I, I, I read no Vikings. I think I read about 10 to 20% of the book. So I didn't read a whole lot either. I read way more about Vikings than I ever wanted to know. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna oh, lie. Oh, your pick though. <laughs> Okay, but would, yeah, the overall theme was. But here's the thing is, here's what the people need to know is what book we did read. <laughs> We're going yes. on and on. Yes, y'all. Oh my God. So, well, we couldn't get enough of Sarah Blackard after, after we yeah, talked to her. Yeah. After we, read. <laughs> so we literally read another book of hers. <laughs> oh my goodness. We picked the first book. So our last episode was her the first book in her time travel series. And this book is the first book in her Striker Security Force series, right? Is that right? Yes. Striker yes. Security Force. And there's book. actually some overlap with characters from the the mm -hmm. time travel series and this series. <clears throat> How the heck did I not catch that? Is there? Wait, you didn't get that? Yes, yes. it's very it's evident in the beginning. You guys, wait, what? <laughs> Say it again. It's Chase. very prevalent in the beginning. Chase, Chase who gets married right in the beginning? Of, of and that's Hunter's brother, Chase. Mother from, yes. from the other book. Remember Hunter, the main male character in Vestige of Hope, who traveled in time? Yes. <laughs> wow, then that's a friggin' spoiler for the rest of the Vestige in Time series. Well, I don't think it was. Uh, it is. Excuse me. Did it say who he gets married to? Then it's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Yeah, but it's it's heavily implied that Beatrice goes forward in time, and she already is going to have this thing with Chase. This is heavily implied. Heavily implied. Okay, but it, it hasn't been declared. Everyday implied, but never declared. That <laughs> it is. But it was in the book that you read, Morgan. That's what I don't understand. Why are you surprised? By it? 
I just wish that I would have read them in order because I'm that invested. I never say that, but I freaking love these books of characters wow. so much. Now I'm mad. I missed wow. it. I glazed over that. I had no idea. I would have been blissfully surprised. And you too, Joe. Well, I'm sorry, but we would have talked about that because there's a reason why. <laughs> it's literally, reason? oh my gosh, she's mad at us now. And it was literally in the book she just <laughs> Also, it literally is the reason why the two main characters meet. Yep. Honestly, I read this book two times and I didn't catch that. I don't know what that says about me. I literally read it twice. You're crazy. <laughs> How fast did you listen to this book, though? Very fast. Very fast. Well, which is why I read it. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, they're at a wedding. <laughs> Great, got it. This That's is crazy. why I can reread stuff so often is because even if I'm physically reading it, it's going so fast in my head. I'm like, main plot points, do, 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 got it. And so then I'll reread it. I'm like, man, I missed that the first time around, even if it's the most obvious thing in the world. I didn't know. But honestly, now I just want to go back and it's fine. I'm not actually Here's mad. the thing, though. We literally predicted that when we were together. So I feel like it should not be a shell, a shell shock. Okay, Odette, but it wasn't canon. Now it's canon. It was Our predictions aren't canon. It's oh, canon true. if it's in the book. Mm -hmm. So now I know what happened. I know what happened. The name of this game of this podcast is spoiling books. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyways, so <laughs> falling for Z. It's also baffling me, Morgan, that Sorry, you're a little bit peeved about this because you literally read the last page of a book called Plot Twist last season. <laughs> that was different, Odette. That was because I was full of anxiety. Yeah, Odette, that it. That was different. If I spoil it for myself, that's different yeah, than if you spoil uh, it. Thank you. It, it is different. It is different if you spoil it for yourself versus if someone else spoils it for you. How I didn't know we were spoiling something because you read the book twice. Well, you did spoil it. So <laughs> I'm I guess this podcast is over. Bye. No, I'm kidding. Wow. wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not that bad. Well, this book is called Falling for Zeke, is the title yes. of this book. And we're obsessed with Sarah right now. So you we might are. see more of her books coming up for the record. Sorry, not Let's sorry. hope. Maybe season three can just be all Sarah Blacker books. <laughs> every book in <laughs> every every single book. She has is. enough series that we could probably do that. I know. She really does. She has well, what if we books. just read one of her books in each theme? We could figure out a way to leave. We can talk. I love it. We can I love talk. It. But well, anyway, it's falling for Zeke. So let's end full disclaimer. This book is going to be spoiled, as all of our episodes are. So mm -hmm. if you were upset by our apparently revelatory information about, about a couple that's very well known in the front of this book, then okay. apologies, listeners. Apologies. Sincere apologies. I'm joking with Morgan about my apology, but sincere apologies to you listeners. Um, but I guess if you want to really go into this book, this series, you, you should probably read the Vestige series entirely and then go into the Striker series. She does. And technically in, on her like website, when you look, she gives like a series like reading order. Mm. She, and she never said, like she always says, technically they can all be read alone, but a lot of characters overlap. So if you want the purest form, read it in this order. She says that even on her website. Okay. So I should have. There you go. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but Morgan, would you like to read the back cover copy for us so our I listeners can know what the story is and why we pivoted and why we're so, 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 so happy that we did because we can't wait to talk about this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. 
an ex-army special operations member burned once by love, a single mom stalked by a powerful enemy. Can he risk his heart for her safety? Zeke has everything he could want. A multi-billion dollar inheritance allows him to protect others. And with the camaraderie of his brothers in arms, he spends his time growing his security firm and keeping his head down. Love is the last thing on his mind until Samantha and her daughter are in need of his help. Samantha used to have a comfortable life. Now she waits tables to put food on her own. Forced from the life she had built, Samantha works to restore what was lost. With her daughter in tow, she begins a new life in the Colorado mountains. It's not perfect, but it's all theirs. But when attempting Zeke offers to help her, she begins to wonder if love could heal her shattered life. What will Samantha do when past troubles come knocking? Will Zeke protect his heart or will Samantha shatter his defenses? Guys, this was this was great. I love this book. It was so great. Color me so intrigued. All the colors. All the colors. Every color of intrigue. It was totally like a classic Redeeming Lit podcast. Mm -hmm. Like the the Redeeming Lit podcast ladies are gonna love. Like we're 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 gonna love it. Like you know, you reading that, we're gonna love it. Yeah. Also, I'd like to put this out there. Um, we're always down to write little snippets for books about our love of something for the record. So just playing. Oh, you talk about blurbing? Yes, blurbing. <laughs> trying to tell authors that we're we're available to blurb books for them. Yeah, yeah we so. are. Welcome, welcome to your squashes, everyone. This book is a wild ride. <laughs> we're doing a podcast. Welcome <laughs> your squashes, everyone. Oh, amazing. All right, so we should do our star reviews. Morgan, would you like to go yes. first? Oh, I don't. Can someone else go first? Madeline, do you want to go first? Yes, I will go first. <laughs> I can go second. I just, I'm going to have a star review and I'm going to come up with it right now. Because <laughs> okay, I finished well, three hours ago. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. My star review is <clears throat> I feel like this is a, a 3.75 for me. I just really enjoyed this book. Um, there's definitely like things about it where like the military security kind of isn't where I would normally go for like a mod for a modern um, romance. Mm -hmm. But I really liked it. Um, there was parts that I was like, oh, Sarah, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> But I loved uh, the double epilogue. So mm -hmm. good. I loved that. Um, I loved Eva, her daughter. What a sweet character. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And then I loved that, like, found family of all of the, like, striker security guys and how mm -hmm. we got to, like, we got introduced to all of their characters because they all have books. And I love that so much. Um, so there was a lot of more that I loved uh, than things that I disliked for sure. So 3.75 for me. Nice. Mama, you were the next, or do you want me to go next? <laughs> um, I, oh, I'm so waffling. Can you go next? Sure. Um, I rated this book four stars. I thought it was delightful. It is my cup of tea. I also really liked, and this is one thing that I've so, so, so enjoyed about the podcast is I've, we've not only met, but I've read so many authors that I didn't know about before. And this is one that I could see myself rereading. Um, I've already read it two over two times <laughs> i was rereading parts that i reread already um and um literally tonight before that the episode so because <laughs> i have a kindle now and i'm obsessed um yes, girl. So, 
Um, it's delightful. Also, the fact that, which this is like a well dub, but the fact that you can like get cozy in your bed, turn off all the lights, and still read. Ten out of ten. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I love this book. I thought the characters were great. I also, as Madeline said, I really liked how you got to to meet the other characters. But I feel like she did a really good job that like there was enough of a tease that you're interested, but not so much that it took over the story because it was a shorter book. So I do feel like had someone else's story had a prevalency to set as a next setup for a book versus just more like introducing characters and stuff, it would have taken over the story. Um, also, I said this many times in the podcast, I love that we got the point of view of both the, the leading female, Sam, Samantha, and the male character, Zeke. I love that. I'm here for it, always here for it. Um, I love getting in the heads of multiple people versus just kind of one, one perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, four stars for me. And I cannot literally wait to read. If I didn't have three of the books that I have to read in the next week, I would literally be reading right. the rest. Of the <laughs> right. I honestly probably do that before the the end of the year. I will probably read uh, probably before yeah. the end of September. I'll probably read <laughs> all of them. Sure. <laughs> all right, Morgan. Okay. So I actually I was the one who suggested this book because I had read it last week. Um, after we read Vestige, um, I wanted to read more Sarah Blackard and I picked this <clears> up. <throat> and um, so I had already read it and I posted about it on my bookstagram and I'd given it a rating, which was 3.5. Um, I, after I like kind of like made the reel, put the rating on, put it on Goodreads and posted it, I kept thinking about the book. And I didn't realize that my rating might change. And then over the past couple of days, I listened to the book again uh -huh. to kind of prepare for the interview. And I'm sitting here like, I think I like this. So when we were talking about ratings, that's why I was like, I think I need more time because I liked this book, I think more than a 3.5. The My initial like, boom, first gut reaction was 3.5. But I don't think that's right because it stuck with me longer. And I keep thinking about the characters and thinking about the setting and thinking about the side characters. And so now I think it's higher. And I think that I'm also going to go with four. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I <laughs> liked, I really like Sarah Blackard's writing style. Mm -hmm. I loved that it was, it was short, but it didn't feel like it didn't lack anything for being short and not all authors can do that. Well, like it still packed a punch. Yeah. Um, you still felt like you got to spend a good amount of time um, with the two main characters. Mm -hmm. There was definitely an element of insta-love per se, but it didn't, like, it worked. It worked. Like, it wasn't like, ugh, yikes, of course they're in love right away. Like, it wasn't that, um, at least for me. And so I really, I think I'm going to go with four final rating. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. I love that. Alrighty. Madeline, you ready to tell tell the folks what others have said about this book? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. All right. <clears throat> for us. Okay, so um let's start with this Oh, I have two three-star reviews. All right. Well, let's start with one of these three-star reviews from Kathy. Kathy says, this was a fun read. 
predictable romance, but I appreciate that it did not contain detailed sex scenes. The characters were flawed, but strong, and the plot moved quickly. Just a fun little escape. Okay, this is really funny because there were a ton of reviews like this where people who did not, I guarantee you, uh, the people writing reviews like this did not realize it was Christian fiction. <laughs> I have something to say about that, but I'll, I'll say it after you do your reviews. Okay. Specifically about that. Um, I mean, my inclination would be like, well, the, the covers are kind of more that look maybe. Um, I don't know. Okay. So here's another one. Here's another one. That's so, it's so funny to me. Okay. This is three stars from Pam H. Her tag, her subtitle of her, or excuse me, the title of her review is called, okay. (laughs) She said, just okay. And I'm okay. Like the letters O and K or okay. A Y. How does she spell it? Just the letters. Okay. Okay. And both lowercase. Okay. Okay. (laughs) She said, just okay. And I'm glad I got from the library instead of buying. I don't think I'll continue the series. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't, Pam. Anyways. um, She says, I prefer some spice in my stories. And this is a clean romance. Super squeaky clean. <laughs> squeaky clean? Clearly you haven't read a lot of Christian fiction there, Pam H. <laughs> I was like, again, these reviews are really funny to me. <clears throat> okay, and then here is a lovely five-star review from Catherine. <clears throat> and her, the title of her review is called Protecting! Exclamation <laughs> point. She says, Falling for Zeke. Wow. All caps. Never a dull moment. Fantastic characters and a hot romance. It was full of surprises and suspense. Family was a big thing. I really enjoyed their story. Every one of those sentences had an exclamation point. I forgot to that. <laughs> That's Love. amazing. You Love. said that was a five-star review? That was a five-star review, yeah. <clears throat> Morgan put up a hand for five, so I wasn't sure if she was saying we had five minutes or something. I was yeah, confused. no, sorry. It was, I was like, what? I'm sorry. there you go so the one thing i wanted to say um i was gonna say this on the podcast at some point anyways but now is perfect time because there's a segue i was re-listening to an interview with um sarah not our own but a different one um this morning um and i she mentioned that the only one of her series that she um, specifically labeled Christian fiction or even this series, she actually does not call it Christian fiction herself. She is a Christian, um, but it is not labeled that on Amazon. It's labeled clean and wholesome romance, military romance. And she doesn't even consider it Christian fiction. She says her vestige series is Christian fiction specifically but she says none of her other series are. And she did that intentionally because she was saying that um, it's all, it was kind of all about the algorithms. And she said like, you know, I'm a Christian. And so there's always going to be an element of what I write. That's like a Christian perspective, but she chose specifically not to do any of her other series as quote Christian fiction because of the wider audience reach. Interesting. Um, that the algorithm would get her, um, which okay. I don't, 
there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. No. So um, technically, <clears throat> this book is not Christian fiction. So says the author. According to the author. Is, according to Sarah. Right. According right. to the yeah. yeah, just like it's it's her book, just like this is our podcast. And quite honestly, I felt like there was moments of it that I feel like I could find God in. So that's why I'm. Oh, yeah. But now that you mention it, I'm like I could see how someone who doesn't protect <clears throat> that would just want clean romance, spoony right. clean romance. Yeah, would, and would and awesome. honestly, like there wasn't right. Yeah, like I could see God in it too. But we're also reading it with a Christian perspective. And she's yeah. writing it with a Christian perspective. So if you're not necessarily reading it with a Christian perspective, you might not get that. But you're still getting good elements of a story and truth and positive yeah. messages always shine through no matter what. But I just thought that that was interesting. That is interesting, yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. All righty. Are you ladies ready to take a, take a dip into this book and... <laughs> oh gosh. Let's dive in. Alrighty, so here we go. Jump into this book. Okay. <clears throat> so the book opens and we meet Zeke. And he is former military. And he's in the beginning of the book, he's basically it, it kind of opens in the first couple of pages, and you know that he has this kind of own security business where he hired a bunch of his old kind of army buddies, um, uh, army rangers um, to be part of this security. They've all gotten out of the army security for him. Clearly it's like they're doing similar things to the army, but not quite. And it's more for like private um, kind of citizens versus, I mean, I guess the military obviously does things for, for private citizens, but more that they're being hired out by private citizens. Yeah. Um, and he starts off by, he's trying, cause he clearly runs the, this company. And he's trying to like figure out QuickBooks, which if any of you have ever used QuickBooks and accounting is not your strength, <laughs> like yours truly, you could understand his frustration as to why he wanted to shoot the computer. Math <laughs> 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 and that kind of thing does not um, come naturally to you. It can be a pretty, a pretty tough hang, I will say. As someone who's used QuickBooks at previous jobs, I learned how to use it, but it was not, it did not come to me easy. Um, also a funny story, I'm going to tell this because I just thought of this because of accounting. So when I was in grad school getting my MBA, I had to take an accounting class and I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. And it turned out that a lot of it, 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 it was less math and more research papers. So I would literally write these 10 page essays about why I, I understood how a person could use the data to make the decision. But half the time my data would be wrong. And so the professor would be like, your data's wrong and you clearly don't know how to do accounting. But like, <laughs> your logic made sense. And he's like, you tell really good stories. And so he was, he literally told the class one time, he was like, I always read Odette Yoder's papers last because she, because those are good stories, but half the time her math is flawed. I was like, okay, I don't know whether to take it as a compliment or not. I mean, so you know, it depends on what you put importance on. I would take that as the highest of compliment. I did, like, yeah, because no, I was I like, I don't care beans about math. So I know. thank you for yeah. saying exactly. I tell a good story. Yeah. And I have no I have no qualms about I don't need to do accounting. If someone gives me an accounting report, I can look at it and, and understand it and make business decisions based on that. But like, I don't need to be the one doing the calculations. Anyways, right. I digress. Well, th this is going to be a rapid trail so that I can just feel it in my bones. Yeah. Um, so here's what happens is we kind of like meet some of these, a couple other of these guys who are in like the security force yeah. business that he started. 
And basically they're on their way to um, a wedding. So Chase was part of their like team and mm-hmm. their buddy Chase is getting married to somebody named Beatrice, who both of those characters are in <laughs> the Vestige of Hope book. Both of them are in that book. Um, <laughs> just saying. And so they're on their way to a wedding and there was like, there's this, basically Beatrice calls, yeah, this mutual friend of, no, no, not a mutual friend. Beatrice basically calls Zeke and is like, hey, will you pick up Samantha, my friend Samantha, and also mm-hmm. Chase's friend Samantha, um, and take her to the wedding. X. Her, 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 her and Chase. Okay, okay. I, was gonna, I was gonna say that. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Because she doesn't have a way to get, like, will you pick up her and her daughter? Because she doesn't have a way to get to the wedding. And Zeke's like, I roll, fine, I'll do it. Because he doesn't really like this person. Because it was, yeah, she had dated Chase in college. Things didn't go bad. Didn't go well for them. I think she kind of abused the relationship a little bit we don't get the full story but then she like meets Beatrice they hit it off so then it's like they're friends now but like Samantha and Beatrice are friends now but Chase and Samantha are exes whatever so it's kind of weird so Zeke kind of feels like he's in the middle he's like oh fine I'll go do this so he drives to her house Samantha's apartment in this like super shady part of town they live in um Denver? They live in Colorado. Somewhere they, they in, live Colorado. in a rent by the week apartment. So yeah, it's so just it's like a super like trashy place. Like yeah. really just you have a lock on the door. But we should say too that part of the reason why Zeke had the, this reaction to Samantha was like the eye rolls because part of the, when she came back to Colorado from Texas, she had a four year old daughter. And it was basically implied that she came back wanting Chase to be a dad to her child because the potential of him being her child's father was there because they were exes. So obviously that didn't turn out by a paternity test. You know that very early on in, in the book. But yeah. now, but then Beatrice took a liking to her as Nyland said. So they're all now friends. But then you also get like before Zeke even shows up at her like um, apartment, which is so bad. You get like a little bit of Samantha's perspective and she's like working her little tail off at this like di- at this waitressing at a diner or a cafe in town. And she's like, she basically got run out of her last place that she was living. Um, so I guess the the father, the actual father of her child, mm-hmm. like sure. denied all rights and didn't want anything to do with the baby. Um, but then his name is Garrett, but then he died. Mm-hmm. And then his family decided they they thought he was an idiot and they all wanted to be a part of this baby's life, but they're like old money. Mm-hmm. Um, basically kind of almost like mafia esque feeling like they get what they want, no matter what they take, mm-hmm. what they want. It doesn't matter kind of thing. So then basically they were like, we want to be a part of her life. And she's like, no. And they're like, or else. And she's mm-hmm. like, what is that supposed to mean? And basically get her fired from her old job. And she like has to leave town. It's, it's like a really weird situation. Yeah, so that is all set up. And that's why she's living in this dump because she doesn't have any money. And she's just like trying to make ends meet her and her mm-hmm. four-year-old daughter. She doesn't like know anybody except for Beatrice and Chase. Yes. And one thing too. So there's this delightful scene at, at the cafe where her, her coworker and her um, Cassidy's her coworker. And Cassidy's like, oh my God, handsome, the handsome guy, chai latte with coconut milk is back. She was like, oh my God, she's 
wounding. And Samantha, like in her head, she's like telling herself, she's like, I don't have time for this. Like, I used to be young. I used to go flirt with cute men. Now I don't. Like, I got a daughter to think about. And so she's basically like, you know what? Whatever. Turns out when she gets a little knock on her door the next day, and then her daughter opens the door, who's standing in front of her? Zeke is Chai Latte with, with coconut, coconut milk. Um, and so basically he's immediately let like on edge because not only is the apartment really run down, but there's also a group of guys like drinking beer at 10 a.m. literally like on the porch, like next to her apartment, basically. And the lock, there's not a lock, it's really run down furniture. Like he's just on on high high alert. And so um, and she kind of like is put off by his like kind of demeanor of um him kind of being protective and she's like no like i got this you know and then when they're leaving the apartment the guy calls out and grabs her um one of the, the drunk guys grabs her, her arm and she kind of like wards him off and then zeke like gives him a talking to and it's like don't do that again or else um and he but he's immediately and hit eva uh sam's daughter and him immediately hit hit it off and it is so dang cute um and she like she is so cute because she's like, what are all these like paintings on your arms? And he's like showing her his tattoos. And then she's like, are you a prince? And he's like, no. And she's like, I think you're a prince. I think <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. So then they're driving me to the wedding. And um, one of the things that Samantha says basically early on is she basically is like, Oh, you're your chai latte with coconut milk guy. Like, you know, my coworker notices hot men. And then basically she like immediately recants it and tells her daughter that he's nothing special. And he's like kind of sad about that. Because he wow. thinks she's beautiful. He's like in awe of, of her beauty. Um, so they get to the wedding, and I feel like I, I I'm just baffled, Morgan, because Zeke and Chase literally have a conversation and Beatrice. <laughs> Dude, I just don't understand how you missed that. I'm like, Lord. It's because Lord. I hadn't read those two story. They were side characters in one story, and then they were side characters in this story. So I just was really focused on the main characters, and I just missed the detail. I'm also not yeah. detail-oriented at all. So this happens to me all the time, where I just miss very obvious things. <laughs> this reminds me of last season when... <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? When there was the the first book that we read by, by Beverly Lewis, and Morgan was like surprised that the one guy literally when he drowned in the Atlantic Ocean and there was never a body, and you and I were both like that was he's totally alive still. Morgan was like he is. I was, you know what? I still stand by the fact that I was like I don't okay well whatever. So those were the clues, uh, but also I still stand by the fact that I had a much a very enjoyable reading experience because that was a shock to me. <laughs> where i was like read that immediately i was like he's alive okay anyways all right back anyways, to this book we're currently here's what happens is basically um the next thing is chase he like zeke finds out um chase is basically like you should like you need an accountant you should ask her to come work for you and zeke's like no nah, i'm not going to do that but then zeke finds out like oh no zeke goes to the cafe and like shows up at the cafe and like while samantha's getting a call from like the daycare center and there was an incident where like somebody tried to come pick eva up from daycare that like wasn't her like another yeah. person yeah. 
And then it's like this whole situation. And then she's like, I have to leave. And her boss is like, if you leave, you're fired. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave. And basically like Zeke takes her to the daycare. They figure it out. It's like, it was um, her Garrett's sister, Garrett's sister, right? Garrett's sister tried to come and like take her out of daycare whatever basically Zeke decides they like go home he's like I'm gonna take you guys home because her car doesn't work yeah her home he's like I'm gonna come upstairs with you because there's not a deadbolt on this door so like basically nobody could get in he like searches the apartment he's kind of determines and she determines too like somebody's been in my apartment (laughs) like she's super freaked out the door doesn't even lock it just right, like pushes open talking. and yeah and part of the reason why he was taking care of her is because chase said hey i'm going on a three-week honeymoon can you keep an eye on her right. um that's true and he's like i roll fine and then he really realizes that okay he actually needs help at the office so that's why he was in the cafe so then he all the way to daycare he offers her a job yes and then when he sees the status of her basically living situation is convinced that it's not safe for her and eva especially given the daycare incident He's like, you can come. Um, part of the perks of having a job with me is you can live in a garage in an apartment above my garage. Yeah. And she doesn't really protest because she's just like, okay. And then like her inner dialogue on the way there is she's like, I should have protested more. But <laughs> like she's like, Jeff's reaction was like, right. She's thinking of her kids. I know. She's yeah. Taken up. Like literally someone tried to take her child out of daycare and then was in her house. Like, I yeah. don't know what I would have said either. Like, yeah, I was like, like, I wouldn't uh, have turned okay. it Right, because then, because you're thinking immediately, like, yes, take me away from here. And then afterwards, like, wait, was that the best? What did I do? Yeah. She was, right. like, going with her gut on that one. It's like, yeah, absolutely, I can't get out of yeah. here. Yeah. They arrive at his house, and Smash. she immediately finds out that he is a billionaire. <laughs> or billionaire, or he has a lot of money. Because um, it's a mansion. A castle. Eva can her daughter ask. As Rape says, one of the other military guys, one of the other guys on the striker force team or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. His name is Rafe. He's like the funny, like the funny guy of the yeah. group, I guess. It's kind he of calls his a man shun. He calls welcome to the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and this is man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was really funny to me. Anyway, because it's literally she walks in and it's just chock full. Of very um, handsome, oh, handsome, handsome man. fit ex-military men, and he's like, like single, all single. <laughs> all single, right for the picking. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Maybe you shouldn't repeat it. Actually, I'm gonna let's move on. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> she so. literally describes it. She's like, "Oh my god, did I move my daughter into a fraternity house?" Because when she walks yeah. in, they're yeah. literally like playing video games and like hanging out, and then. Zeke walks in and silences them all and basically like, hey, this is a new office administrator. I'm just going to be living upstairs. This is her daughter. And instantly Eva bonds with all of them. And it's very yeah. sweet. Oh, it's so, so cute. They like love her. Yeah. Um, so then she, Zeke, Zeke takes her to the apartment and it's like very, very nice. And she's like, oh my God, this is incredible. Um, and then she starts working there and immediately starts making good changes because she's smart and she knows accounting. And so she's able to immediately kind of make changes and fix things that, you know, their team doesn't know. In the meantime, given the daycare history, Zeke has gotten his guys to do research on um, her kind of background and the people who could potentially be threatening her. Right. Or who are threatening her, not potentially. I think the next thing is, like, they have this run-in with the people who are threatening her, which is Garrett's family, the pains. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like Kiki shows up at his at Z, at like the Striker mansion. Yeah. With her brother, her other brother. What's no, her cousin? It's it's her cousin. Her cousin. Okay, so it's Kiki sister, mm-hmm. and then her cousin named Gabriel. 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 There is no way that that is his name. That's it's his name. Gabriel. It's Gabriel. No, it's not. Yes, it is. A hundred. I, I would bet all the money in my purse right now that that is absolutely his name. She's gonna look. I don't believe you. <laughs> I have to know what this guy's name is now. It's Gabriel. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't remember. Morgan's like, so. I read this two days ago. Morgan's I like, I don't even know what she's doing today. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm terrible. Anyway, whatever his name is, Gabriel, whatever. So they show up and they're basically like, Gabriel's like super menacing. And he's like, listen, um, we want, like, we want to be a part of Eva's life. Like, uh, uh, Kiki's, Garrett's father, Garrett and Kiki's father is like, <clears throat> <laughs> it's not Gabriel, is it? Isn't it? I knew it wasn't that. What is his name? Gregory. <laughs> Gregory. Personally, I literally have no money in my purse right now. <laughs> wow, I was about to say, pay up, Odette. No, I literally took my wallet out of my purse. That's where I said it. <laughs> I said, what's his name? She goes, Gabrielle. <laughs> And then you just looked at me and I was like, did, did you not hear me? Let me say it again. I thought, yeah, I know. Madeline's reaction, I was like, she must not have heard her, which is why I said, Gabriel. <laughs> and then Morgan just backed me up. But meanwhile, Morgan didn't even remember that Chase. Oh, Gabriel. I didn't remember. I wasn't going to put it. I, I had no. Okay, listeners, no. it's Gregory. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Gabrielle is a woman's name, first of all. Gabriel is not. You Gabriel said Gabrielle. You did say Gabrielle. That's why I clarified I, I, Gabriel. I pronounced it three different ways if we go back and listen because That's Madeline's true. face was like, what are you saying? Madeline, yeah. Because I knew that wasn't the name. And I, was I like, actually thought that kidding? Madeline had froze. Like, I thought her internet had frozen. I was like, really? she's, she's just not responding because her face was like nothing. She was like, that is not his name. Oh I was God. like, I thought. Gregory. Okay, I'm sorry. His name. His name is Gregory. Gregory. Okay. So and they he, show up. He, he is the cousin, though. I know I'm right about that. Yes, you're right about that. They're, but he's like super menacing and like aggressive. And he's mm-hmm. like, basically, she's she's gonna be a part of their life, or else like you have nothing to offer her. Basically, starts like talking to Samantha, like, you're trash. I know where you came from. I know who your dad was. I know who your mom was. Like, you're trash. Essentially, like so rude to her. He's like, You think you can give her something better than we can give her? And she's like, How dare you get out of here? And then basically his parent, or excuse me, Kiki's parents demand this like video call. And at first Samantha's like, no, we're not doing that. But then Zeke is like, let's do it. Like, we don't know what we're working with here. Like, I just, I, if we, if I can talk to these people, then I can like kind of understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So they do this video call. Basically they are saying the same things, like being super rude to Samantha. And basically Samantha ends it by saying like, Hey, um, I want nothing to do with you please never talk to me ever again. And mm-hmm. Zeke's like, and if you do, like there's, we're going to be taking action against yeah. you essentially <clears throat> is how that conversation goes. Yeah. Um, 
so then right after that, Zeke is like, hey, listen, Samantha, I need to teach you some self-defense. And she's like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I do. I'm not always going to be around. Both of their hearts. Because they're starting to have feelings for each other. You can tell they're both like looking at each other. They're both like, wow, he's so handsome. Look at those muscles. He's like, she's so beautiful. I wonder what how soft her skin is. You know, that those kind of things. Yeah. And basically, um, uh, she'll <laughs> go outside and he basically shows her a few self-defense moves. And is like, all right, well, now I'm going to sneak up on you. And she's like, I'm telling you, I don't need this. Like, I can defend myself. And he's like, no, listen, no, listen. Like, I, I taught you this. She basically, he comes up to her and she basically knocks him out cold with one move. And he wakes up and he's like really disoriented and she's like touching his face. She's like, Zeke, Zeke. He's like, why is Samantha in my bedroom? Like he's very discombobulated. And basically then um, (laughs) she's like, yeah, I know martial arts basically. And um, yeah. And he's like, okay, so you can like, you know, so you can defend yourself. And then he's like, I want to teach you how to shoot. Um, and she's like, no, I don't really let, like guns. My dad was in the military. He died in, I think, Afghanistan. I'm not going to yes. save any money on that <laughs> for sure. But, um, okay. um, and um, uh, so then he like takes her to the gun range. And then like the next chapter is is him being like, yeah, I think I enjoyed showing her how to hold a gun a little too much. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both falling, both falling. But, but both you falling. also, but you also find out this very important tidbit of uh, like her dad died he was a military guy and he died and like her mom never got over it. And her mom used to say to her growing up, like don't fall in love with a man who purposefully put himself in danger. And like, she was hearing that as a young age at a young age. And it like clearly went into her, the neural pathways of her brain and deeply rooted itself in there. Cause she had to really work through that with Zeke. Yeah. Um, and then we also find out his story was why he's conflicted is that he was engaged to a woman named Gabriella. <laughs> ah. No, it was Jillian. <laughs> no, that's... You know what? I think you're right. Zero for two. Zero for two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, Jillian. And he also had a daughter. And when he was overseas, she decided she wanted to be with someone else who could take care of her and her daughter better. And so she sent him an email and broke up with him via email when he was deployed. And oh. since then, he swore, like, especially, like, he's not going to fall for... He swore off moms. He swore off moms, specifically. <laughs> single moms. Single moms. Oh, my gosh. He's now a home record. <laughs> single moms. He swore then and there. So no more hot single moms. Then, That's it. No, I'm done. So there's this delightful scene after basically he teaches her how, how to shoot where the whole team's like, hey, come in and look at this security video. And they all are like, oh my God, she took you out. So they're all super impressed with oh, her. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, yeah. Um, and then they all are going to go on a mission. So it's just basically for the weekend going to be Zeke, Eva, and um, Sam. And so... Um, they take Eva to the doctor. So she has to go to a doctor's appointment and then they have this, they go out to lunch and they just like share food and they're just like, you know, having a great time and like all this stuff. Yeah, um, like a family. Yes. Yeah. And Eva even comments on it. Cause then like that night they're watching a movie together and then uh, the music plays cause they watch the princess and the frog and there's music that plays. 
And Eva's like, is this what a family's like? You know, kind of thing. And then of course, you know, they find, they, they uh, express feelings for each other. Physically. Physically through kisses. <laughs> yes. That was very. That was, was that was a Michael Scott way of describing what happened. <laughs> oh my God. I actually realized midway through it, I didn't know how to recover from that. So <laughs> just kept going. Sometimes I start a sentence and I have no idea where it's going. I just hope I find it in the end. <laughs> David, okay. I really deem my success as. <laughs> and this is something I live by. <laughs> Don't ever, don't ever, ever, at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. The office, we were derailing with the office right there. Okay. So, but here's the thing. Here's the next big thing that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Is they go on this mission for this one of their clients and it ends up kind of, huh? The woman's name is Reagan. Really? Yes. Are we, um, are we still gonna just randomly supply names after you've misremembered two names? In this book? You know, she's, she's actually right about that one. She's um, trying to she's get it back. She's like, no. <laughs> Whose name is Gabriella? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually Jenkins. <laughs> that was oh hilarious. Okay, no, she is right. It was for a client named Reagan. Thank you so much for that. Um, so anyways, but the mission goes kind of south. And Eva and um, <clears throat> it was the first time that, that Zeke left Eva and Samantha like alone at the house. And so the mission goes south. I know. And he comes back and um, they're like really stand. He's like not really talking to her. He's like really standoffish. They have this weird interaction where like they're not really communicating at all. Um, and then basically he sees her, she sees him playing outside with Eva, goes out. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to try to confront him because that was super awkward. Their conversation basically ends up finding out that he got hurt on the mission. And then she basically spirals into this negative brain space that we were talking about before. Totally spirals like he's going to die. There's something I can do about it. Like I can't be with this guy. Like this is not good. Um, well, part of that too, he's also spiraled because he peeked in on the camera and wow, the security camera and she was sitting out on the back porch while he was gone with Kiki and basically told Kiki that she might be able to figure out a way for Kiki specifically, not the whole family, but Kiki, because genuinely she thinks that Kiki actually has good intentions and she's she was surprised by some of the actions of her family because she had no awareness of it. And so he's spiraling because he's like, oh my God, it's going to happen again this woman that I'm falling for is going to and love is going to take her daughter away and do something else, you know? So he's spiraling in his own way. Just she's like Gabriella. Gabriella. Yeah. <laughs> Jillian. It's Jillian. <laughs> no, I'm just being silly now. But anyway, um, the last big thing that happens is um, there's this bomb threat where like Tina, the nanny who was hired to take care of Eva there's like a bomb in her car mm-hmm. and Zeke and the guys have to deploy the bomb and they basically send the car like careening. Like they put like a stone on the gas pedal and they send the car like careening into a field and it explodes and it's like this big deal. Nobody gets hurt, but this literal, I mean, this car explodes on the property 
And then that's like the last straw for Samantha. And she's like, okay, yeah, well, clearly we're not safe here because this car just exploded. Um, so we're going to leave. And it's this very dramatic thing at the end of the book. And Samantha is like, pack your bags. Pack your bag, like, no, my future daddy and my uncles. She's like very upset. Are you my daddy? Yeah, all those things. It's like, ugh. So then they leave. They're at this train station. And uh, Samantha's just having this back and forth in her brain like, am I doing the right thing? Yes, I'm doing the right thing. Oh, but my heart's going to be broken forever. Oh, this is the right thing to do. Oh, no, it's not. And she just keeps going back and forth in her brain. And so well, she was like, he was so upset. Then cuts, yeah, cuts back to Zeke. And he's like, you know what? His his bros around him are like, you got to go after her. You got to go after her. You will regret it for the rest of your life. Even if she says no, at least try. Like, you exactly. need to try. So it's like, fine, get my horse. Just kidding. He doesn't have a horse. Get my Bronco. Get his Bronco. <laughs> and, <laughs> and drive to the train station. Obviously, he gets there just in time. This whole thing, they reconcile. They passionately kiss. While they're passionately kissing, Gregory comes around the corner and takes Eva. Tries to take her, yeah. Her, tries to take Eva. They, like, are chasing after her. They grab her. It's this whole big thing. Kiki's like, gagged and tied up in the back of the car it's so weird anyways they are successful in taking keeping eva from getting taken from gregory they free kiki and gregory i'm assuming they're gonna press charges against the guy I don't please come because I basically so. what happens is uh uh between sam and um zeke they take they take gabriel or gregory down and they, um, apparently I wanted him to be Gabriel. They take Gregory down <laughs> and then they, um, uh, then the police come. And so then they go back to the house and then it switches to like a couple days later or a couple months later. And they get married. No, but there's like a, a little ending before the epilogue where like they it's get like a double epilogue or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Cause like the last chapter is like, they're literally, it's like things. It's like a holiday and everyone's at the house and then they get married. They get married. Oh. And then it's and like then, three years later and they have another baby named Claire and then she's pregnant with a third baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very cute. It's very Yay. cute. And very swoony. Wow. It's so sweet and great. I loved it. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. And that was Falling for Zeke. Falling for Zeke. By Sarah Blackard. Mm -hmm. Yes. So here we are. <clears throat> Morgan's recommended reads. All right, Morgan, what do you got for us? Okay, so I was actually quite excited about my picks. Um, so. <clears throat> I was quite excited about my picks for recommended reads. Part of the reason why is probably just because I love Sarah's writing style so much. So I was like, oh, I have all of these things. I picked two. The first one I want to recommend is a series. There's a couple of caveats with this. I don't think they're major, um, but I'm going to give them anyways. The one caveat is that this series... Um, it was written not a long, long time ago, but a little, a little while ago. And it deals with, um, 
It takes place in Tennessee and it deals with um, some uh, ramifications and sensitivities relating to racism in the South and uh, what happens when you're raised in a uh, well-to-do white family. Um, so there's that just kind of overarching over the course of the series. Well, technically I haven't read the whole series. There's like 15 books in it, 16, 17, maybe. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read a good chunk of them. Um, and then the second uh, caveat is that this is not Christian fiction. Um, it is technically a cozy mystery series. So there are some slightly steamy scenes, but nothing technically explicit. And there's probably a few mild swear words in it. So there's that. Um, that being said, another caveat is that this is one of my favorite series of all time. And I've probably read through the majority of the books like three or four times. I've read this series so much. The first like five books of the series, I've probably read about five times. I love hey. this series. Wow. With that all being said, <laughs> this series is called uh, the Savannah Martin Mystery Series by Jenna Bennett. Um, it is about a woman who is a real estate agent in Tennessee and runs into this very handsome man that she used, that she used to know in high school and kind of comes back into her life. And then through the course of several books, they solve a lot of murders together and become more than just acquaintances. Um, but I think that the element, um, the the main character reminds me um his name is um rafe in the okay. jenna bennett series okay um reminds me a little bit of zeke okay in some element so that was probably why i picked that one but i love this series and honestly i kind of want people to read it so that i can talk to more people about it because i'm like the only person that i know that has ever read this series and i love it so much <laughs> So that's one. The other one is called, um, and I've read this one more recently. It's called, it's a love inspired suspense and it's called eliminating the witness by Jordan Redwood. This one is about a woman who is in the witness protection program because her ex husband, uh, was a prolific serial killer. Whoa. And she, but he was hiding it from her. And she uncovered it, basically. And then she had to be in witness protection. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's nuts. So anyway, so I picked this one because um, the element of having, like, an ex-husband, being in danger, being kind of on the run. And uh -huh. then um, the hero in it is her, um, uh, the guy who was assigned, like, her protector. Handler? Yeah, handler. I, that makes it. Is that what they're called? Sometimes Maybe. they are. Okay. That I always think of like animal handlers, but that's whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at what while you continue. I'm curious. Uh, the uh, but yeah. So the guy who's uh, who she was assigned to to be her like kind of point of contact and who like picked places for her to go in the witness protection program. So she is found and then they're on the run and he is helping her and um, 
feels a level of responsibility to protect her. And then of course they fall in love. So I actually, those are my only two, but they are both like big recommendations for me. So I feel like they might count for a little bit extra. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Odette, are you feverishly typing away? I am. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm trying to figure out, ooh, titles. Okay, here we go. Marshal, Chief Deputy, and Deputy. Okay, well, that's not helpful. So not Handler. For some reason, I thought that that was a term that was used in, maybe that's in, like, the CIA or something like that. Because I feel like in Spy, in, like, movies so. where there's, like, someone who's a part of, like, an, an agency entity working with someone who's like a citizen, I feel like there's the term handler, but maybe it's not in, obviously the US Marshals is probably more in like, a, like if you're the, if you're a spy and you're meeting up with another spy, there's like a hand. I don't oh, know. sure. Well, and it might be. I I just... What were you gonna say, Madeline? I said spy meetups. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Spy's gonna spy. I feel like, I feel like that's something uh, we should explore some, some more spy books, that'd be fun. Okay, so Morgan, that was a delightful recommended read. Thank you. Yes, so thank you. No problem. Amazing. Okay, so up next we have Odette's relevant research. Well, I'm Odette, as you all know, and my relevant research is two random things that I needed to know more about. One is there was this delightful scene that we mentioned where. Eva, Sam, and uh, Zeke are watching Princess and the Frog, and they dance to this song that is the Firefly song. So I haven't seen the Princess and the Frog, and I googled literally the um, what's the Princess and the Frog Firefly song, and I'm gonna play you a little snippet of it because I think it will help color that scene. Oh, it's the song "Ma My Bella Evangeline," is according to Google. Yes. Your home belongs to only me. Je t'adore, je t'aime, Evangeline. You're my queen of the night. So still, so bright. There's someone as beautiful as she. Anyways, I thought that was just delightful. I need to look it up because whenever an author mentions a specific song that sets a mood in a book, if I don't automatically know the song off the top of my head, yeah, I need to like feel it so I can, uh, you know, feel the scene even more. And that's so. I remember in when I first watched that movie in the theaters, that song made me cry, and I'm tearing up just thinking about it again because that scene is so sweet. It's so like it's so oh. good. The context for those of you who don't know is it's a little firefly this little bayou firefly in Louisiana and he's singing this song because he's in love with this star, but he doesn't realize it's a star. He thinks it's a firefly in the sky and he's named her Evangeline and he's yeah. in, like desperately in love with her, but everyone's like, it's a star, but he doesn't realize it's a star. <laughs> but then in the end, you're so sweet. Remember what happens in the end with him? Yeah. Let's spoil it. Ready? Let's do it. Yes. Well, if I'm, it's been a long time since I watched it, but doesn't he like, he's, cause he's old. Yeah. Doesn't he's he like, he passes away. Yeah. 
in the very end of the movie, but then he passes away and then a new star appears right next to right Evangeline. Next to Evangeline. And then it's like, and was they Evangeline a star? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, but now they're together forever. Yeah. It's so it's sweet. So sweet. It's really, really sweet. Yeah. It's very cute. That reminds me of a, this song. I don't know what Disney movie it's from. My nephew, every time that I watch him, he requests it. It's like the lava song, and it's the song about this volcano. Yes. I get the same kind of vibes from yes. that movie. Uh, That's a short in front of, um, it's yeah, not in front of Moana. It's the movie that came out right before Moana. But it's a, yeah, it's Pixar. But it's one of the shorts. It's like the the before the movie Pixar short. Yes, you yes, yes, I mean? yes. The song oh, is great. My nephew requests it all the time. And it kind of has a similar vibe. Oh, I mm-hmm. love that song. That's wonderful. Um, amazing. I love that. Okay. So the other thing is very different than Princess and the Frog and Songs is there was a particular style of martial arts that Sam said she was uh, well-versed and had a black belt in. So, of course, I had to know if this was real. Okay. So... It is called Ka Ju and Bo. And so it is a a practical and beautiful martial art that combines the best techniques and training methods of five traditional martial art systems. It's created by combining the first few letters of multiple styles. Ka for karate, Ju for judo and jujitsu, Ken for kenpo, and Bo for Chinese boxing. If you're wondering to yourself, how long would it take me to get a black belt in this very specialized and beautiful martial arts form? Because you're probably asking yourself that. On average, it takes about three to five years of dedicated practice and consistent training to reach a black belt level master in Kaju Kenbo. Depending on how much time you can put into practice, it may take even longer for some people. There is no straight line or straight way to get a black belt within the first few years. There you go. I did wonder when I read that, I was like, is that a real thing? But it's I'm, it clearly is. Cool. I wasn't sure if it was, it and it is also um, a, a hybrid martial art from Hawaii. It was developed oh. in the late 1940s and founded in 1947 by the Palamas Palama settlement Palama in Oahu. Settlement. Yeah, in Oahu, <laughs> Hawaii. So, anyways, it's real, and apparently, it's combining all the things. So maybe. Maybe it's great for the people who like don't want to commit to one, and they're like, "I want to be able to do a lot of it. all the things." And apparently, you can knock out a strong military man with one. Get to a strong, face. handsome military man. So strong, handsome. Even one that you're swooning over, the swooniness will not stop you from taking him out. If you got a black belt, it's not going to stop you. That stuff's it's ingrained. It's ingrained. It's ingrained. Nice. Here we go. And that's what I got from my relevant. Uh, that was great. Loved it. I tried to keep it short and sweet. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing my best here. So well, I mean, that was great. You're amazing. You're amazing. Okay, here we go. Speaking of amazing, the swoon scale. The swoon scale. The swoon scale. <laughs> Alrighty, All right, listeners, the time has come to talk about swoon scale. So, <laughs> listeners, if this is your first episode. You might not know what the swoon scale is. So Madeline, would you like to tell our listeners what the swoon scale is if this is their first time listening? Or maybe they just forgot in the, you know, in between of all of in our the hubbub of their daily lives. Yeah, exactly. Possible. Um, so the swoon scale is um, our personal individualized scale. 
that we use to rate the spooniness, the overall spooniness of the book and or characters. And that scale is um, from zero to Colin Firth in a wet shirt from 1990, the 1995 um, uh, Pride and Prejudice adaptation with Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. So this time around, Morgan has been texting Madeline and I for over 24 hours about <laughs> So we decided that she has to go first and tell us what her swoon scale is. I have not been texting about this specific thing for over 24 hours. You mentioned it yesterday so that you had the perfect thing 24 hours ago. <laughs> Did I? I thought I just said that today. Well, no, no. That's why I that that's why it's been killing me. I kept thinking about it. I've Maybe. had it for a couple of days. So did we give our subcategory? Our subcategory is TV shows, right? No, subcategory TV shows. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys, the reason that we picked that is because I picked something and I said, just so you guys know, I will not budge on the spoon scale. I don't care what category is picked. I don't care. This is my spoon scale. I'm not budging. So they're okay. like, well, give us a hint. And I was like, well, it's a TV show. And so everyone was okay with picking TV shows. Yeah. Okay, so, Morgan, you're up first. So proud of this. It's so accurate. Okay. My swoon scale for falling for Zeke is <laughs> Shamar Moore from SWAT. Okay. Okay. Let me set the stage. Okay. I personally think that peak Shamar Moore is Criminal Minds. I would That's, agree. Right? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> However, this gent is still quite good looking in SWAT. He's an attractive sure. man. And so here's, here's my thought on that for falling for Zeke. First of all, the profession and the protective tendencies, it's all there. Zeke is, he has a, he's a bit jaded because of his previous relationship with Jillian. Not Gabriella. Not Gabriella. Maybe we just don't, we just didn't hear about her. Um, but for sure we did hear about Jillian. And um, so he's a little bit hesitant. Sure. Um, I feel like Criminal Minds. Shamar Moore would have just jumped right in. No hesitations. It would have been like, boom. But SWAT Shamar Moore is a little bit more, okay, let's think through this a little bit. Do I want to risk my heart again? Of course the answer is yes. <laughs> but he's sure. also, I just feel like he has Zeke and Shamar in the roles that he chooses to portray. I know nothing about him in his personal life, unfortunately. But the roles that he chooses to play, he he always comes across very like protective and sweet. And I feel like he would have a thing for those single moms. You know, it's like, huh. like it takes a special kind of person, I think, to be immediately okay. Like no hesitations. Like absolutely, I will take this child on as my own. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have no problem like getting attached to this child and so invested. Not everybody is okay with that. Right. Jumping yeah. into a relationship. Like that's not and some but I think it takes a special kind of person um to have that. So anyways, that is my pick. I'm really I think it's perfect and spot on. And I kept picturing Shamar Moore. Okay, yes. So 
That is pretty perfect, actually. Right? That's that's dead on. Thank that you. That is dead on. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, it's you and me, Odette. Who's going next? <laughs> Do you want to go next? Sure, I will. Okay, I feel like mine is definitely not as dead on as Shamar Moore. <clears throat> not at all. Um, uh, but I feel like I went for the... I went for the sort of um, aloof kind of um, jaded, like you said, um, closed, more closed off kind of is where I got the inspiration was my jumping off point for this. Um, wait a second. I just thought I'm sorry. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Pivot. Pivot. No, no, no. no, I'm, I'm going to stick with my original. Okay. Um, so I'm going with Jess um, from Gilmore Girls. Okay. So um, Milo, however you say his last name. Um, that's because I feel like Jess kind of has this. He's he's definitely jaded because of his like past life experiences you know he's kind of more closed off but then once you get to know him he's like he's such a great guy like he's so kind and he wants to see you succeed and i feel like jess would have like gone for the single moms as well like come on he would have he would have not maybe not the high school version of jess which if is Rory was a single mom, then yeah, he for <laughs> If sure. you watch the end of the Gilmore Girls in the Years series Year that came out on Netflix. I didn't watch A Year in Life. Oh. Don't say anything. Don't say anything, Odette. Does he does he get with a single mom? Don't say I'm anything. Not <laughs> Guys, is my swoon skill spot on right now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this after the podcast. We will talk about also, this. Also, Madeline, are you team Jess in the Gilmore Girls? Timeline. Who? What team? Whatever are you? Dean, Jess, Logan. Logan. Uh, how could you be anything but Team Jess? Ask Odette. Odette, what team I'm are you? Team Logan. <laughs> team Logan. Of course, she's Team Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel the same way, and I'm hardcore Team Jess. Ben makes fun of me oh, all the time. Team Jess. He thinks they're all they're all tr trash. Is what he says. He's like, these are all <laughs> terrible choices. <laughs> I Can just I just one. throw something to you about Gilmore Girls that a lot of people are posting about Gilmore Girls because it is the beginning of fall. We're recording this episode in early September. Let me it kick you this in a Let's go. Are you ready for this? Lorelai yes. Gilmore. Okay. Lauren Graham was 33 years old when she started filming Gilmore Girls in whatever. Was it 2002 maybe when it started? 2003? But anyways, she's lit, so she and she's a 32-year-old mom because remember Rory's 16 right. and she's 16 years older. Yes. That is blowing my mind that I am now older than Lorelai. Like I just I can't because yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I watch a show from the beginning, because I was always a fan of Rory. Always, always, always. Yes. Would I be a fan of Lorelai in a different way now, being an adult and watching it like with that perspective, knowing that we're the same age, you basically, you know, versus anyways. Rory I was is the villain. Of Gilmore Girls. Who? She's the villain of that show. Rory? Yeah, she's the villain. I agree. She's I the agree. villain of that show. Listen, Lorelai Gilmore is a queen. 
absolutely. Yeah. Queen. She's absolutely a queen. I'm obsessed with Lorelai Gilmore. And hashtag Lorelai and Luke forever. Forever. Lorelai and Luke forever. Anyways, forever. guys. Um, sorry to run a trail. I very loosely, there's a loose connection between Zeke and Jess. I might have found it. I'm not sure. That's what I'm going with. Okay. I can also see Zeke rocking a leather jacket. Heck yeah. So there you go. You'll also have to think about like, okay, Zeke's not in high school. Good but luck. Jess is fully in high school. In season six? In season six. Neither is Jess because he drops out. Is that what you're so saying? There you go. No, I mean in season six, they're they're like college days. They're not in high school. Oh, I thought you meant he, he comes out. back and he's like, "Why did you drop out of Yale?" Remember, Yale? 18, versus, Eighteen versus twenty. Yeah, the the scene where he literally. Oh, literally Yale. Why did you drop out of Yale? Yeah. In season. Okay, we got we got to move on. <laughs> we got to move on. We could we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on Gilmore. Your heart podcast on Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. Exactly. All right. So, um, anyways. I digress, but I am curious this fall because I'm in the mood to like watch a show that's familiar but with like a new idea. So I think I might rewatch Gilmore Girls and kind you of should. Through what I feel differently because I think part of it too is at the time in high school I was obsessed with being a journalist. When just I started off going to school for that, I was the editor, uh, co-editor of my school high school paper, like all kinds of stuff. So I feel like for me there was a relatability that I had yes. in Lori. So yeah, I wonder yeah. now as now. Anyways, I digress. Okay, Madeline, are you done with your spin scale? Should I do mine? Yes, go. Okay. Have you all seen the show The Rookie? That's on ABC. Mm -mm. Okay, so it has Nathan Fillon in it as the main character who was in Castle. Fillion. Fillion, yes. So he plays, and basically the premise of the show is, I'll just give a little snippet. He's a guy, he's like middle-aged, getting divorced, and he experiences kind of a tragedy where like he's in a bank that's robbed and decides to move from like East Coast to LA and become a cop. And so he's basically an older rookie. So in the show, beyond you, you, you get to meet some other rookies, and there's another rookie that that's in his class, Lucy Chen, and then there's a he's a sergeant, but he kind of starts out. Um, he's uh, her training officer, um, Tim Bradford, played by Eric Winter, and there's this dynamic is so he is very early on, but the chemistry between him and like it's definitely like he's her boss, she's and Lucy's like really eager and wants to like prove that she can do it. Cause she's like a real petite, like Asian cop. And she's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like, you know, kick butt and take names. and I'm going to be really good at this. And I'm an overachiever. So the, the tension is really good, but he has a lot of issues. And this is why I think it's a good comparison. The very smooth throughout it. And because it's a show, there's like, it's a slow build, but I think had this book been longer, I think it would have been a slower build. And I think there was moments that it felt like a good, uh, a good pace build in this book, um, Zeke and Sam. But anyways, Eric, in the first season of the show, or sorry, Tim Bradford, Eric's the actor. Tim Bradford, his wife that he met and like, hit, well, she becomes his ex-wife. She literally was in un Undercover and got addicted to drugs. And so he's like very tortured about the whole thing. And like he sees her and he tries to get her clean, tries to get her clean. It's this whole thing. So he's clearly very tortured, a.k.a. he doesn't really want to kind of take a chance to love. And while Lucy is not a single mom, she does have this kind of, adoptive daughter that she kind of brings into the fold that's a homeless girl that she ends up kind of taking in anyways so there's a component where the and tim's also very protective of her like there's like an episode where she gets captured by a serial killer and he does anything to, to get her back you know kind of thing anyways so and she knows that he's going to be the one to rescue her so anyways, it's just there's a good dynamic and i feel like there's a lot of shows that have that male character and female character who have this like backstory they're willing to take a risk over time it takes them time to get there 
but like also the guy's really protective. But also I really appreciate, and I think what the reasons why I love Sam is she was not someone who just like rolled over and was like, this is my life. Like she was going after it and trying to do her best, even being a black belt, even really understanding things. And that's how Lucy is in his show. Like she's she's like very feminine and very sweet and beautiful, but like also like feisty and like can can like handle her own. And so I feel like that's dynamic. Um it's still a current seat. It's still a show that's happening. There's five seasons out now. I assuming I'm assuming season six will start this fall. But anyways, that's kind of what I thought. So that like swoony, like overprotective, but like she also likes the fact that he's overprotective, but also like she can hold her own. You know, it's like that old that dynamic. So, anyways, um, I love that, and that show has been kind of low key on my list. Like, watch it. But watch now it. I really want to. And okay. that man, the gentleman, is very good looking man so he's a very good looking yes he is honestly Um, i think nathan fillion is pretty darn cute but oh he's a cutie yeah it took me probably because i watched castle it took me probably three or four episodes to not feel like it was richard castle Castle. but i feel like he does play kind of similar care in several things that i've seen him in he's less he's way less cocky in this one and more, I watched. Um, he's in Firefly too, right? Yes. Oh, I and never it, saw Firefly, but yeah, he to is. Me, there's similar mm-hmm. vibes of the, his character in Firefly as well. So yes. I think he he has a, a a little bit of a shtick that he falls. Which there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of actors do that. There's nothing wrong with being like this is the kind of character I play, and people write roles yeah. for that. Um, but yeah. And I think that this show. I feel like does a good job of not romanticizing um, police work. And I feel like there, there's some raw things that they talk about. They also like do the thing where you'll see the body cam footage versus the like, real footage. so it feels more like, cause I feel like a lot of cop shows tend to just show the, I don't want to say the glamorous cause it's not a glamorous, but like that like idealized yeah. romanticized um, side of it. So I would definitely say that Morgan, if it was on your list, I would recommend it. Yeah, it, it has been. Um, yeah. I bet I could talk. Ben's a really big Nathan Fillion fan too, so I bet I could yeah. talk. I would I accidentally have been recording this whole conversation on my phone. <laughs> 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 Double recording. It's because I, I Safe played, for uh, the spoon scale and then just put my phone down and I guess I oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, double record. Okay, so up okay. next, let's do highs and lows and then jump into God Factor to wrap up the episode. Let's do it. Do you, do you mind if I just jump into highs and lows first here? Sure. Okay. So obviously I kind of mentioned one of my highs in my swoon scale um, because obviously I thought this book was very swoony. I feel like I didn't point that out. But in the show, the Tim Bradford and Lucy Chen, very, very swoony. Therefore, I thought that <clears throat> the swooniness of this kind of character and the long glances and all that kind of stuff, like it was just well done, Sarah, well done. Um, but beyond that, I really enjoyed – um Sam's strength and also um how Zeke stopped underestimating her because I think in a lot of books when the female character is in need it tends to be that the guy can dominate and then that's like oh well I have all this training and what do you know but when he started realizing that she he was actually like surprised and in awe of her strength and I feel like that's something that I really appreciate it because I feel like too often women can be seen as the victim, which I'm not saying she wasn't victimized by things, but she did a really good job of not allowing her situation to derail her. Even if it was like, Hey, cause there's this lovely scene where after her and Zeke kind of start dating, 
um, she's working and Eva and Zeke bring her out to the kitchen and they have this like fancy lunch set up of chicken nuggets and french fries and fruit. And she's like, and Eva says, mama, it's like when you would make me fancy dinners at home. And she talked about how she would literally like get like a cheap tablecloth that was like 50 cents and some fancy plates. And she tried to make her daughter's life better. And so I just love those like really sweet moments that Sarah put in the book because I felt like it, it brought the character to life and like really showed you who she was. I don't know that I have any lows. Um, Gregory or Gabriel was probably my low. Um, and I feel like um, I would have loved a little bit more resolution with, with the Payne family in general because it felt like it, it, uh, Gregory was solved. Obviously Kiki, because she comes back after she's captured like to the the striker kind of headquarters, um, stri striker security head headquarters. And obviously there's going to be something there with her. Um, but um, I would have liked a little, and maybe that's more that because it's the beginning of a series, maybe they come, that family comes into play a little bit more. Um, but anyway, so that was definitely um, probably a low, but not even a low, just more like, oh, I would have liked to see them all in jail, you know, and maybe they were and in my swooniness and in the train scene, there was a lot happening, a lot of emotions. So I perhaps was caught up in it. <laughs> Miss that. If there was some talk of the pain family being in jail beyond um, Gregory. That's my high. Love. <clears throat> Love it. Hey, Mads, do you want to go next? Do you want me to? Sure, I can. Okay. Um, my highs. Um, I just, I really liked the way the romance played out. Um, it didn't, like I thought when I first read it, I thought it was going to feel like really insta-love. But, and there, there was a little bit of that to it, but it, I, it was a lot more fleshed out than I was expecting it to be, I think. Um, and I really liked that, um, that I really got a feel for each individual characters, each individual character before she really got into the love story aspect of it. And I love that. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that from this book. Like, that's just so, it was just so, there was a depth there and a richness that I really appreciated. Um, and it just made the love story that much sweeter. <sighs> I think my low was that that ending train scene sequence was just it just kicked the level of angsty a little bit too much and I felt like it didn't match the pacing of how she had done the love story like the love story I thought was so it was obviously my high I just mentioned like I thought it was so well done and then it like hit this level of angsty that like like took me out of the story because I was like, I feel like, I think in my mind, I, I like um, justified it by like, oh, she's just going back into really bad, like mental habits. And she's just going back into this place of like really poor mental habits of like negative thought processes. And maybe that's what Sarah was going for. I don't know. But that's how I justified the weird because it just felt like out of place, I guess. Um, and also, I hate the name Zeke so much. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to say that. Do I? Because, because my husband growing up had a dog, a family dog named Zeke. <laughs> so I can't get that out of my head. When I think of the name Zeke, I think of like a dog name, like, like Spot or Rover, <laughs> Camp or Rover or Zeke. It's just a dog name in my mind. And I know it's not like Ezekiel. It's like short for Ezekiel. I get that. But 
I genuinely wondered if you were going to say that. I hate that name. (laughs) I knew that. I thought it was such a swoony name. I was like, woo, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's just proof that, like, it really does matter. Like, past experiences affect things like names so strongly. Gosh, yeah. Right, yeah. That's so funny. Morgan, um, okay, so my high school is, I do agree with you about the pacing a little bit. It didn't bother me as much in the end, Madeline, but I do agree. Like, it felt so differently paced than so much of the story um, that, I, like I said, it didn't it didn't affect me quite that much, but but I can see what you're talking about because that it was definitely there. Um, okay, let me think. So my highs, I loved um all of the um interactions uh with Eva yes um so so many I feel like so many romance novels not so many but a lot of times if there's kids in a romance novel it's basically just like a plot device Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of there or you know they're moving the actual romance along but Eva was her own person um, she had her like time to shine and I loved that all of the guys loved her. I loved how much time she got on the page. Mm-hmm. I loved the, um, the motivations that Samantha had for several things felt real. Like as a parent of a four-year-old myself, like it felt very real. Um, those just all rang really true. So I, I just liked that kind of detail. Like it felt like a relatively realistic, I mean, in general, romance as a genre and romantic suspense, especially, is not exactly the most realistic of genres. But <laughs> that element felt pretty realistic for what it was to me. Yeah. Sure. Um. And so that was probably my high. I had a lot of highs. I just really liked the book in general. Mm-hmm. Um, my low. Don't I genuinely can't really think of one. Um. I didn't. I think also with the backstory was so interesting and intriguing with the Payne family. I would have loved more, I guess. Like, I felt like it was just like we got some and then the interaction with them was small. Mm -hmm. And then anytime, like when she was taken or anytime Eva was in danger, like it was, it was just like, it was quick. And so yeah. I felt like I would have honestly liked the intensity of those scenes to be a little bit more fleshed out mm-hmm. because um, that that suspenseful element was really like, oh my gosh. And then it was over so fast. And I was like, wait, no, uh, more. So maybe, I guess that's a low. Sure, yeah. But not really. Um, do you want me to go ahead and just do my God factor? I just have a question about Madeline's life. Madeline, do you think yeah. the end scene, in part, the reason why she wrote it at a faster pace was because there was this decisive moment that the train was coming and she had to kind of decide something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, was it more of a plot device, like an intentional choice by the author because she wanted you to feel that angst because, like, she was literally going to get on a train and leave and he had to come <laughs> find her before. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe there was some kind of that component. Um, yeah. That definitely could have been. I don't think not the whole scene didn't bug me. It was really just the first, um, the first where we're where we're the first part of the scene at the end 
where we're getting um, Samantha's inner dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that's, she was like, that's, that's yeah. what I was like. It was like weird and angsty. And I was like, it just didn't feel like it fit. Yeah. And that's why I was saying like, well, maybe she was like going back to these weird mental patterns in her mind. But the mm -hmm. rest of the scene, I, I thought played out great. And I love the cutaway to Zeke. Like, hap like what's happening at the Stryker Mansion. I like, you know, I liked all that. Amazing. Anyway. Okay, you want to go ahead and talk about your awesome. Yeah, I can go for it. Um, so, again, as we said before, this is not, according to the author, is not technically a Christian fiction book. So it's not, there's not like a lot of specific um, scenes where it's kind of spelled out for you. Um, the character's relationship with God or anything like that. Right. Um, but I think probably specifically for me, what really stuck out was um, both of these, both of these individuals um, had messy pasts and um, it was just like, and <laughs> some of them, cough cough samantha was literally like her messy past was the driving point of the story really oh, yeah. like there's like it was being dragged into every aspect of this um uh, new relationship that zeke and samantha were working towards building um as messy pasts are that's very real so um but at the same time there was just this uh because both of them came from messy past, there was this grace that they showed to each other and this willingness to uh, work together and move towards something healthy and beautiful together. Um, and I just, I really loved that. Um, and to me, it was just a really good picture of how God can permeate into any situation, any relationship, whatever your messy past is, and make it beautiful and works all things together for good for those called according to his purpose so i don't know that to me was probably what stuck out the most yeah i love that mine was um was a similar thing like having to do with their like the pasts and their pasts and you definitely like see people who get into this place where there's been like traumatic things that have happened or um, like for like Samantha's mom telling her like, don't ever get with a guy who intentionally puts himself in danger and that like being a thing that she had to like grapple with. And you definitely know those people that it's like, they take those things that happen or like things that have been spoken over them over and over again. And they just like kind of live in the shadow of these things their whole life. And you see them like, you see the shadow over them. Like and you can almost for certain people, it's like you can see them living in a shadow of like <sighs> what I mean by that is like it's key like a it's hind it's keeping them from like walking in freedom or walking in the fullness of what God has for them. And it's it's keeping them in a place of um bondage whatever to whatever to the trauma to their own mind to any to whatever the case may be and i i did think even though the ending was quick like and it clipped along really quickly 
I do think that Sarah like painted that. It wasn't like an intricate painting, but like she did paint that like, like Samantha stepped out of the shadow. Like she made a conscious decision to step out of the shadow and like trust that God could be bigger than like her own fears of, of losing a loved one. Um, And even, and, and, with Zeke too, like he stepped out of the shadow of like, but what if I get hurt again? And like, he made a conscious decision to step out from under that shadow and not let it control him. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because of our faith, our natural kind of direction of that is tying it to God. But I exactly, think yeah. did a really good job because I think, and this is just something that in years of therapy I've learned, is that it's actually a bad idea if your reason for stepping out of the light or being willing to change or being willing to let go of the past is solely because of another person and not because you're doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah, it is yeah. absolutely going to um, bite you. And without being clinical, because I could go down a rabbit trail of that and or I, I won't for the sake of time and just, you know, that's not what the purpose of the podcast is. But I do think there's something to be said about like the way she did it felt very gentle and realistic. And I liked the fact that there was these tension moments, like even in small moments where like you would get their inner dialogue about doubting each other because the way that one of them said something or how and like Zeke would identify like when he was shutting down and then she would shut down and he knew that that was the response, you know, and I feel like, but I feel like, and I know that there's a part of romance tropes where it's like, you have the moment where you express your feelings, that kind of thing. And then you're going to have like a little falling out and you're going to make up and then you're going to have a bigger falling out. And then you're going to, someone's going to leave and you're going to chase them and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like it was done in a way that was like, but it's because they both realized on their own that life was better if they said yes, if they said yes to the light, if they said yes to the things that were beautiful that they were so afraid of because of past hurt or because of, as Madeline said, like the story that, that she was told by her mom. Because at one point she is in, the, is in the story and she's literally kissing Zeke and she sees an image, not of her mom, but she sees an image of herself as her mother mourning the loss. She's basically like, Zeke, I don't know that I can do this if something happened to you. But yet she also wasn't going to ask him to give up, you know, the thing that he loves. And so I think it's that tension also of like trust, because I think regardless of whether or not you're with someone who is in a dangerous job or not, there's a level of trust that you have to rely on God for. And I think that there's something to be said about like, if your reliance is on God and like, okay, God, but this goodness and this thing that you opened up in my life and also being with someone, yeah, I talked about this on the podcast before not just in relationships, but in friendships. There's friendships that can literally bring you out of certain things in your life and show you the light of God in a way that you couldn't have done that on your own. And that's why I think community of all kinds is really life-changing as a Christian. Well, and in general, I don't think you just have to be a Christian to appreciate that about community. But I feel like you feel it more deeply as a Christian. But anyways, all that to say is I think that there is a component of this that felt very authentic and very like revelatory for each of them individually. And then together, yeah. it was like, explosive and not in a um like a explicit way in any means i just mean that it was like when they finally both realized and they like put it on the line you know and it was like that that level that like she had to do at the end of the day what she thought was right for her daughter and he had to also admit that his life was not going to be the same if he let her go and so i think it's that tension um because he didn't he, he, he couldn't fight for his ex-fiance not that he would have but like he was overseas and so i think it was also like not letting the fear of the past paralyze you from the beautiful life that you could choose. Um, so yeah.
I feel like it, it was the God factor. It was like embedded throughout the story. You kind of saw it in multiple ways. Um, but I also kind of liked that you had to search for it. It was a really beautiful kind of component. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was well done. Amazing. All right, anything else? Ladies hey. That's that's where we are, people. That's it. Yeah, that's where we are. Okay, so hope you were okay there. with this pivot. I know. I <laughs> know you were. We know we, were. We know that you were. Okay, so um we are releasing, trying to see on our schedule, and we're releasing this book. Um are you you're asking when we're releasing this episode? So what so what we can talk about next? Like what's coming What we're talking next? what we're going to be talking about next is something we've been excited about all year long people. All year long coming up next into your ears. <gasps> no way. Brandon and Sebastian hate each other. But our girl Bethany Turner. By our <laughs> own dear Boothang Bethany Turner. Yes. Um, guys, we have some really exciting stuff coming up with this episode. And yes. uh, <laughs> you for sure will not want to miss this episode. Yeah, you're not. not for sure. No one, sir. We, we don't want you to ever miss episodes, but this right. one in particular. And, you know, Bethany, being your first author we ever got to talk to last season and have been obsessed with her since. Um, so. True. Pretty excited that we get to talk to her about her latest book coming out this month in September 2023. Yeah. Yes. Yay, so exciting. Total departure from Quirky Offbeats. And don't you worry, we're going to have some really fun things coming up for the rest of the year. We got a lot of good stuff in store. Yeah. And yes. yeah, so stay tuned. Thank you for hanging out on this pivot as we do what we love and talk about books that bring us joy and show us um, God's mercies and his grace along the way. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep, keep it lit. lit.